When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was welcome to like anything is potable. Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I am joined as always by the kid, the god, the legend himself, El Nino. Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, Jay King. When you're joining you on a Monday afternoon after the Celtics advance to play the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference semifinals. If you want to hear our reactions from Game 7, we recorded that pod last night, but we are here to talk about the future. We're moving forward. And the Celtics are playing the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals for the third time in four years. Jay, what's your initial thoughts about this matchup? I'm going to Miami. <laughs> that is for first and foremost. You will be traveling to Miami. That is cool. <laughs> I'm going to the beach, baby. That's that's first and foremost. The kid the kid's gonna need to get some sunscreen, bring his shades out of out of You do need some sunscreen. The last time I was in Miami with you, you forgot sunscreen and showed up to the game looking like a lobster. No, I didn't forget. I just only applied once. And uh, you you can't forget to reapply in in the Miami Heat, especially now in in the middle of May. It's it's going to be toasty. But I have overlooked Miami in the past. I overlooked Miami this season. I even picked the Knicks to beat the Heat, which was extremely stupid in retrospect. I will no longer underestimate the Miami Heat. I have the ultimate respect for Eric Spolstra. Jimmy Butler is just an awesome, awesome competitor. Kyle Lowry is a similar competitor. They will make the game annoying. They will not beat themselves. And they will put the Celtics into difficult situations that they're going to have to figure out throughout the entire series. Just because they have Kevin Love out there does not mean it will be easy to attack Kevin Love because Spolstra will find ways to make that extremely difficult. The Heat will find ways to rotate over and take charges and force turnovers and make the game as ugly as possible. And and beyond Jimmy Butler, who's been amazing in this playoffs and has been amazing the past few playoffs, as the Celtics know well, they they have Bam, who is a great, great defender. And the Celtics' ability to potentially limit him could be big in this series. And then but it's the shooting to me that's scary too. Because Struess, Robinson, 
if you lose those guys and let them get going, even even Vincent, like he, he can have big nights. Martin is is streaky, and the Celtics kind of turn him, like let him shoot last year, and he didn't always handle it well, but but he can he can do it too. Like they just have guys who can get hot and and carry the offense for a little while, and and given the their ability to force turnovers and given Jimmy's consistency so far throughout the playoffs, how good he's been. Like this, this is a tough. The Celtics are gonna have to win this series. They it won't be handed to them. <laughs> it certainly won't. I do think it's like a really comes down to what happens when the Celtics are playing offense and the Heat are playing defense. Feels like it's prime for like Spo to drop some zones. Uh, the Heat are very good at forcing turnovers. I think fourteen turnovers a game so far, uh, forcing other teams so far in the playoffs. Like if they can junk things up and make the offensive part difficult for the Celtics, um, I think they can certainly be a pest in the series. The thing that's like interesting compared to last series is that I Did just you don't drop know now? if the Heat are have you there the size. What's going on? What is going on right now? Dude, we we just lost Jam. Uh, uh, it's all me now. I'm I don't back. Know don't know what's what? happened with the app today. Yeah, it's struggling today, just, but that's it's all right. struggling. That's all right. Uh, we, we will fight when did, on. When did I? When did I the, cut out? What, this what was never going to be an I easy making? podcast. This is this is heat <laughs> culture infiltrating our podcast. Bastard heat culture. It's, it's like it's like Mike Greenberg said on ESPN. Like the Knicks played so badly because the Heat got to us, and I think maybe the Heat's getting to the uh, the athletic app right. Kyle now. Lowry's sliding over to take charges on us. Jimmy Butler is just snatching the ball out of our hands, snatching the podcast out of our hands. Cody Zeller's doing things you never expected him to do. Uh, <laughs> the thing if, about it is, I if Cody Zeller plays in this series. The, the Celtics have to win those minutes pretty substantially, right? You would think, but you would also have thought they would have had to win the Paul Reed minutes, and that didn't happen. Uh, no, they, they kind of did better games. in the Joel Embiid minutes sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, but the thing that's interesting to me is last year the Heat had uh, P.J. Tucker, and they had what felt like more size on the perimeter. But if you look at their top five guys in like who get minutes, it's Jimmy Bam. Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, and Caleb Martin, then followed by Kyle Lowry. Like, if they are, that's just not a lot of size to basically put guys on both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And so I feel like the Celtics should have just an opportunity to kind of get by guys on the perimeter to be bigger. Uh, and I just don't know what the, the Heat are going to have to, and Spo is going to do a very good job of scheming up ways to just make things uh, difficult for the Celtics. But I just don't know if the Heat necessarily have uh, as good of personnel. Uh, and like if Kevin Love's on the court, the Celtics really should find ways to exploit that matchup. Yeah. And and so two things stand out to me as, as obvious points to kind of focus on as this series begins. One is Jason Tatum's evolution on display because you just said they don't have much perimeter size like Jason Tatum will be much bigger than whoever's guarding him 
And PJ Tucker was the main defender on him for all that entire series last year. Yeah. So can he use his size and his physicality to get to where he wants and punish them for being too small? Two, the the second part of his evolution, he's not turning the ball over. He's turning barely more than half as much as he did last season during the playoffs. And that's a huge deal for the Celtics. Now, that could be partly because they've played the Hawks, partly because the 76ers didn't really have too many guys who could bother him, but they had a good defense too. Um, and and they forced him to kind of figure some stuff out, and he did, and he, he tortured Joel Embiid at the end. But if he if he can use his size to get to where he wants, and if he can take care of the ball – it would go a long way in this series. And then the other piece, how much zone will the Heat play? How will the Celtics handle that zone? Will they just shoot early threes, which can be good? Like, just just shoot good threes. Um, or will they get stagnant? Will they kind of overthink it? Will they have droughts against that zone? Because I as you as you look at the personnel in this series, I think the Heat are going to have a, a pretty tough time guarding the Celtics man to man, and and it's it's lining up as what would probably be a series where the the Celtics will see a lot of zone, and they're they're a tough team to zone because they have a lot of guys who can shoot, but but the way they handle that could could go a long way toward toward determining um, how this series goes. It feels like they should just because of the energy boost they got and kind of how enthusiastic uh, the team was when Robert Williams was in the starting lineup. But you think they continue that against the Heat, just given that the really only big that they're that gets big minutes for them is Bam Adebayo. Like, do you think the Celtics continue with the double big lineup or do they even like Joe Missoula? It seems like he prefers spacing offense as much three-pointers as possible and kind of trends towards playing smaller and so given just the heat's struggles in the half-court offense they can probably get away with a smaller lineup how do you think Missoula plays that uh especially to start the series yeah that'll be a really interesting decision because obviously they turned around the Philly series by going big and obviously the other starters were fully on board with going to Robert Williams even Derek White was said he was all for the move, which uh, there might be no better teammate in the NBA than Derek White. But the like, it's just a different matchup. You're not having to deal with this incredible pick and roll between two MVPs. Like you, you just you're not dealing with Joel Embiid, who is a singular force on the block and at in the face-up game. You're not dealing with all those things. So do you need the second layer of help with Robert Williams? And if you don't, do you want to attack? Do you want to put more shooting on the court to attack Kevin Lovett? And then also, if you do go small with Derek White, he's a great defender, second-team all-defense, worthy, worthy, worthy member of that team has been awesome defensively all season, is just a magician in transition defense, but he's small enough to give a target for Jimmy Butler. 
and and how much can Jimmy Butler take advantage of that? Are the Celtics fine with living with that? Um, because if they are, and if they can stay strong against Jimmy and and limit him while staying small, I do think putting a lot of shooting on the court against this Heat defense with Kevin Love at power forward is going to put a lot of stress on what they do. And they they did a really good job of limiting the Knicks in the second round. Part of that was just they forced the Knicks to shoot threes and the Knicks were incapable of shooting them. And the Celtics won't be. And maybe they will be for a game or two, but over the long run, if you give the Celtics good looks and they're spraying the ball out, that's what they want to do. So... It's an interesting stylistic decision for Joe Mazzulla. You're right. He has leaned towards small, but I think at the end of the day, he leans toward winning <laughs> no matter what. Big and, winning uh, fan, that guy. Big winning fan. Big winning fan. And it is an interesting decision, especially after – I would guess he starts big after the way they closed out the Philly series, but but who knows. And And starting big doesn't mean you have to play big a ton – uh, and I do think going smaller and and spreading out the heat and taking advantage of the Duncan Robinsons and 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 the Kevin Loves and the Cody Zellers is is pretty important in this series. I think that's a major advantage for the Celtics is that if they heat need to get more offense on the court, whether that's playing Duncan Robinson or playing Kevin Love, and because I guess trying to put more three-point shooters, you're basically just putting someone out there who the Celtics can target uh, on the other end of the court. And so it's 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 going to be interesting to me to see how well the Celtics' just kind of like half-court defense holds up, and um, whether like if, is it just going to be like they're Jimmy's going to get it need to score forty points, or Bam's going to need to show up every single game. The thing that's interesting is. Like, I don't know, the the Heat, to make this a, a series, just they need like one or two Jimmy games and one or two Bam games. Uh, and they're certainly capable of doing that. But it's not like the Heat are the most consistent team, especially on the offensive end of the floor, where it's just like, where are they going to? They haven't been very good. They were not a good offense in the regular season. They just had a wild three-point shooting uh in the Buck series, they came a little bit down to earth in the Knicks series, but still shot above what you would expect but, them from threes. But how how much of that is like they have really good three point shooters who just didn't shoot well this season? They they certainly Max have guys Str- who are a bunch who are very capable. Vincent Struess, Caleb Martin can all like knock down shots. Like they're Duncan all, Robinson, all, like, like Struess and Duncan Robinson have had stretches where they look like elite shooters, and by stretches I mean full seasons where they look like elite shooters. So, so it's like, how much can you guard Jimmy or Bam just like one-on-one? Because this past series against the Sixers, it was like both Hart and Embiid deserved like attention from two guys. And it caused, the Celtics gave up a lot of like open threes. It's just the Sixers didn't have the roster to like consistently knock them down. I think the Heat have better kind of perimeter shooters there, but it's like, will Jimmy or bam deserve the attention from two of the Celtics defenders and like, can the heat get the uh, Celtics in rotation? I thought just watching the Knicks and the heat, the Knicks, the the heat did a very, like their ball movement was much better than the Knicks. And they did a good job of getting the Knicks in rotation. And I just thought the Knicks 
especially like Julius Randle, like were bad at playing in rotation, had not good closeouts. I think the Celtics are a lot more disciplined team defensively and so can can better withstand that. But uh, the less they can get rotations, the more they can guard guys one-on-one and force Jimmy or Bam to beat them one-on-one, uh, I think is better for the Celtics. Yeah, and that's kind of the the path they chose last year is they were, I don't want to say okay with, with Jimmy having huge games against them, but they they leaned toward taking the other guys away rather than sending a ton of help toward Jimmy and and letting the other guys giving the other guys opportunities to beat them. One thing I really look forward to in this series, Derek White guarding Max Struess and Duncan Robinson around screens. Derek White is so much fun watching him just scamper around screens, twist around screens curl around screens and try to get rear view contested. That is going to be a fun battle. Uh, and it was last season. The, uh, the huge, uh, I keep going back to it, but the turnover battle is going to be so big in the series because the heat, like they force a lot of turnovers and they also don't really turn the ball over that much. I know they did. They were 13th in turnover rate during the regular season. But like Jimmy has historically been a guy who hardly ever turns the ball over. And and that's a big deal. And are they able to control the pace and slow it down a little bit and get into what they want? Or 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 will the Celtics be able to speed them up for some turnovers and and take care of the ball themselves? That's a huge deal. Packard, are you there? I am. You you stayed quiet making, for a while. I thought you were just making some some brilliant points. I'm actually just uh, on Basketball Reference looking at what happened in the series uh, last year, and I'm just looking at like there were no close games. There was game three, I guess, was close, and then game seven was close because uh, the Celtics kind of almost choked the game away. But it was a kind of a wild series in which it was just like back and forth. One team would kind of blow the other team out and like looking at Jimmy's performances he had 41 in game one 29 in game two followed up by eight and a six and he only played 19 minutes in game three did he get hurt in that game then I'm just not remembering yeah he got he got hurt then he had 13 in game five the crazy 47 uh, point performance in game six and 35 in game seven so it's like what's are these going to be close games or is it just going to be like a, like kind of like last year was like uh, the heat have a game one. Then the Celtics came back in game two and won by 25. The heat win game three Celtics come back and win by 20. Like there were some wild swings and it's like, are these going to be close basketball games or is this going to be like oh, one team has it. And then the next team comes back and, and makes the adjustments. I do think you're right. It's going to come down to turnovers, but like, if Jimmy is Jimmy going to be able to do like continue his 30 points a night, or is he going to do that for two or three games in the series? Yeah, I mean, and if so, if so, where does the offense come from from the Heat? If Jimmy Butler's not scoring at pl- like thirty plus points, that is a very good question. Yeah, you look at the stats in round two, and the Knicks shot twenty nine point nine percent from three, which is just a despicable number, and and that was a huge, huge reason why they were not able to beat the heat like they just did not have guys 
that were capable of knocking down shots um, from early on. And, and they made a lot, a, a lot of bad decisions. Like Julius Randle made some bad decisions. RJ Barrett made some bad decisions. So th- this is a really good challenge for the Celtics to see how much they've improved offensively from last season because I do think it's a different offensive team than it was last season in the playoffs. They had those droughts last year where they just didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> they would throw it to the wrong team. They they got stacked. It was just the other team's best offense against the Celtics last year in the playoffs was the Celtics' bad offense. And that, oh, yeah. that's not the case it- anymore. That's not the case anymore. Like, they – they play consistent offense. They typically approach offense the right way. They make much better decisions. They have better spacing. They're better equipped to handle everything the Heat, or I think they are, to handle everything that the Heat will throw at them. And they will throw a lot. Like, Spolstra will try anything. And he's he's a genius. <laughs> absolute wizard there is nobody better at coaching basketball in the world right now than eric spolstra and how how thing how the celtics are able to overcome that with their brains is like if they can do that then they should win this series and i don't think that's anyone would disagree with that but like that's going to be a real challenge because spolstra will throw everything at them and I think the the like addition of Malcolm Brogdon adds a lot to their lineup versatility because it felt like last series, the best five guys on the court for the Celtics was the double big lineup. And obviously just just like kind of makes it easier for the Heat to do what the Heat did against the Knicks. It's just kind of like pack the paint, like really harass guys on drives, help like have a lot of help. And I think the fact that the Celtics can go to a lineup with Al Horford at center, go five out and kind of survive that with either Malcolm Brogdon on the court or Derek White. It'd be nice of Derek White to kind of uh, regain some sort of confidence. Maybe his benching was not the most helpful in that regard, but I do think it was necessary. But Brogdon being there and just having them have a, a basically a, a, a viable five out option I think will be huge uh, against the Heat, who could really, like just do a very good job of clogging the paint and like clogging passing lanes. If you can get Horford out, Horford's shooting is like very important because if you can draw Bam out of the paint, there's no like it's a smaller it's a small team at that point, and the Celtics should be able to drive and finish. So I do think getting Bam out of the paint, having spacing, is going to be very key for the Celtics this series. Yeah. And and how how can they manage that? Can they do it? How will they score when they're double big? Um, that's kind of been a question for them this. Or do they even season. need the double big? Do they even need the double big, or can they survive on uh, defensively with like the the single big lineup? Like if they, it's going to be the like the chess. Like obviously the the double big is the their best defensive option. But if they can survive with a single big and kind of get that spacing, is that a better way to attack um, Spo? And it's just going to be interesting to see how the Heat react to kind of both of those lineup variations. And it's going to be like, depending on who they play and how they play, they're they're going to have a preference for what kind of like what version of the Celtics they would they would prefer to play against. Do you think 
Would you rather them have Tyler Hero available in this series or out? Why would why would I want him to be available just because of his defensive liability? Yeah. I think he's such such a good shot maker and just one-on-one creator that I would think I'd rather have him be out because I think while other guys like they like they're very kind of just competent basketball players, all-around basketball players are Struess, Gabe Vincent, even Kyle Lowry who's going to be very annoying. They're not guys who are just like, okay, give him the ball. He can drive and get a bucket or get a floater or get something in the lane. I really think that without Tyler Hero, a lot of their kind of late clock ISO offense is going to come down to Jimmy Butler making plays and just having one less guy who can kind of relieve that, I think is beneficial to the Celtics. Yeah, that that, that might be fair. Uh, but I don't know. Like, like you just think he's so bad defensively that he's like it'd be beneficial for the Celtics to be able to pick on him. Yeah, like if you have him and Kevin Love in a defensive unit, like what are you supposed to do against the Celtics? I don't know. Play zone, try to take charges all the time, which they will try to take charge. Kevin Love will try to take a lot of charges. Kyle Lowry will try to take charge every five seconds. (laughs) <laughs> and the Celtics will need to avoid charges throughout the series. Uh it could be could be foul trouble for some of their their better players because of how many charges the Heat are able to take, but we'll see. Um and then the the one piece of going small against the Sixers that I thought was pretty big deal. Like the Celtics just could not get rebounds when they were small against the Sixers. And and I don't know if that's the same against Miami. Like, I don't know if they have, like, they used to have P.J. Tucker. They don't anymore. Is Jimmy Butler going to bludgeon, bludgeon them on the glass? Is Bam Adebayo going to bludgeon them on the glass? Is Kevin Love going to bludgeon them on the glass? Maybe they will. I don't know. But, but the Celtics' ability to hold up on the glass defensively is a big – inability to do that in the last series is a big reason why that didn't work and they had to try something else. Um, do you think Malcolm Brogdon can like switch on a Jimmy Butler? Cause that, that's a, it's a hard matchup for guards because Jimmy's so big and so strong, but Malcolm's like his, I feel like his best trait defensively is that he's strong and sturdy and can hold up against physical guys. So I don't know if that's a bad matchup for the Celtics necessarily. Like obviously Jimmy's going to get his against anyone, but but if Brogdon's able to competently switch onto Jimmy Butler and give them that option, then then I think that kind of changes what they can do defensively against Jimmy. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I think that's going to be a major like crux of the series is like, all right, if Malcolm Brogdon can hold up against Jimmy a little bit, that allows the Celtics to play smaller and not have to rely on double big and can try to like open things up on offense. I thought Brogdon was kind of hit or miss against James Harden um, and didn't have some 
great moments um, on defense against Harden. Harden's also is like a, a strong guard and is, is kind of a, a shifty player. I've never, I haven't watched Malcolm Brogdon all season and been, uh, you know, amazed Super by his, amped about uh, his defense. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's not my, my big takeaway from the Malcolm Brogdon experience. And so, but I do think that's one of the reasons why he got more minutes um, than white was just, he's like much larger and just can hold up uh, physically. And so if he's on the court with uh, kind of, uh, smart the Jays and Al Horford he's clearly like the guy I think they try to switch Jimmy on to and so I think that's going to be a major thing I don't I don't know what's going to happen in that matchup I think he his size and I guess toughness certainly helps but it's not like he's the the fleetest of foot or just like a guy known for his, his extremely strong defense yeah yeah obviously that's not going to be their best matchup I'm just just kind of spitballing about whether they'll be able to switch there and not get absolutely mutilated with it. I, I think it's possible that, that they wouldn't get absolutely mutilated with it, but I also, I'm not sure. Um, Al Horford said something I interesting after the Sixer series, which was that he basically knew it was not going to be a good offense series for him. <laughs> like, he knew he was just he there knew to he was gonna Embiid. And, and that, that was interesting. Shots. That was interesting to me because, because to me, I looked at it like, oh, Joel Embiid is going to be protecting the rim. Al Horford should be wide open. Al Horford should be able to test Joel Embiid. And Al Horford was like, no, I'm guarding that guy. <laughs> like, I have to guard that guy. <laughs> like, do you know how hard I'm... it is to guard that guy? It doesn't matter if I'm open. I am not going to be able to shoot threes because that I'm guy. I'm 36 is such a years old. I'm spending end. all all of my energy guarding Joel Embiid. You want me to shoot threes, even open ones? <laughs> yeah. Like, are you a maniac? What What else do you want me to do? And and so so I thought that was interesting how how he looked at it and and said this was not going to be an offensive series for me. It shouldn't be the same in Miami. Um, Bam can certainly guard, and, and they can switch some stuff and maybe take away some of Horford's open looks, but he won't be guarding just a a massive, massive MVP, and he won't be guarding someone who's like the most taxing cover in the league. So may, maybe his shooting comes back. He did hit a couple of, of pretty big ones in the first half of, of Game 7. The three he hit, I don't even know if we mentioned it on the podcast, but the three he hit when they were down 29-20 in the first quarter, pretty big three. Pretty big three. That that game was close to just spinning away from the Celtics. It did not. It did not at all. But uh, his ability to hit shots and space things out a little bit would be huge if his shot comes back. Agreed. And it's not, you just, bam, he's been like consistently like 20 a game, this playoffs, uh, like 24. He's like, like actually attempting a, a fair amount of shots. Um, and that's always been like, I think my criticism of bam is that he just needs to be a lot more aggressive when playing. Um, my question for you is like, do we see, I think you have to at this point, just because the players are probably tired, but like how much of an expansion of the, the rotation do we see? I would imagine 
we see a lot more Grant Williams. Um, I think he's played Bam pretty tough over the years. And I'd also wouldn't be surprised by a return to Sam Hauser, especially if Miami's going to be junking it up with zone, just having a shooter like that on the court. Like that was the inc- first inclination uh, in the Hawk series. Like Hauser was a clear rotation guy to start off these playoffs. I think they really value his shooting. Um, and so, if the if the Heat play some guys that where Hauser can't just be like automatically punished defensively, I think it, I wouldn't be surprised to see more Grant minutes, more Hauser minutes, uh, in this especially in the early games against the Heat. Yeah, it, Jimmy could be an especially tough cover for Hauser because he's able to stay in front of guys most of the time, but the guys who are really strong, he can struggle with. And obviously, Jimmy's I know, but at as, some point, Jimmy, they're not just going to run Jimmy ISOs for the entire game. Like, maybe they will. And maybe they're like, that's You're how correct. he's gotten Sometimes a lot it will of be points. Jimmy post up. Sometimes it will be <laughs> Jimmy pick and roll. Sometimes it will be Jimmy steal the ball from that motherfucker and go score. And, uh, sorry. Grandy. I know, but there's, there will be opportunities in early in this game. The Heat are going to be playing zone. And I think there's just like, they're going to want to get shooting out there. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we got Hauser minutes. Yeah, I, I agree that shooting is is extremely important in this series. And and not just to, to punish the Heat for how much help they'll have to give, but also to, to make them hesitate a little bit about that help. You know, like their whole def- – like, their defense works because they have small guys who cover a lot of ground and are super smart and take charges and force turnovers and all that. What happens if the Celtics just start knocking down three after three? Will they stay committed to all the help? Will they break down? They're a super smart team. They usually stay extremely locked into the game plan. But but I, I do think like... Like, they gave up a lot of wide-open shots in that Knicks series. And it's a totally different series. It'll be a totally different game plan. It'll be – it won't. they won't guard the Celtics the same way they guarded New York. But when I, there are holes in this Miami defense. Like, last year, Miami's defense was, to me, incredible. Yeah, and like they were Kyle the one Lowry, seed for a reason. Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker, Bam Adebayo – who was their fifth star? Gabe Vincent? Yeah. And it, Struce they were just... Yo, Struce, yeah. They were just super tough, super big, super physical, strong everywhere, smart everywhere. And, and Kevin Love is smart. Kevin Love is tough. Kevin Love is not nearly as versatile defender as PJ Tucker. And the the amount of bold, things that you can do. Bold take, J. King. Bold take. Yeah. So it, I have there a are, question there are for holes you. in that defense. Just gotta poke at them. I have a I have a question for you. I don't know if it's an answerable question, but I feel like it's uh, the biggest question for this series is what version of the Celtics are going to show up just in terms of mentality, in terms of 
um, I guess, effort or, or, or being locked in on the defensive end. We talked a lot last night about how after game five, they were kind of shook. Uh, they were too locked in, Jason Tatum said. They weren't relaxed enough. Game one, clearly they weren't as in- intense uh, on the defensive end. They talked about in the Hawks series about just like not letting kind of games or moments split uh, like slip away. And then they did exactly that in the Hawks series, exactly that against the 76ers. And so what is their approach heading into this series with the Miami Heat, given, you know, they learned, I guess, in game six and seven that they needed to relax a little bit, but then they also don't want to relax too much. They don't want to be too carefree and just think that they have it. What what version of the Boston Celtics are showing up in this playoffs? Are we going to get, like, if they just show up and play, like, locked-in hard basketball for five games, like, hypothetically, they should, should win the series? Like, I think they're that much uh, more talented than the Heat, but it's just been, like, like, since when have the Celtics in the playoffs over the last two years turned in like three great performances in a row? That's just not something that's been part of their MO. Winning in the playoffs is hard. I think some of the backlash about the Celtics feels just like too much. Let's look back at that series they just played against Philadelphia. Should they have won the first game when Joel Embiid sat? Absolutely. Absolutely. They, their defense was not good enough. They probably let down after hearing Joel Embiid would be out. They let James Harden get going, and in the end, he cooked them. Other than that, where was the letdown? They were awesome in game two. They, they game went in five? game three and, 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 and won game three. They came back game four was like they couldn't get anything going. They stayed tough the whole way, had an amazing fourth quarter, just had two mistakes down the stretch and lost that. So it's 2-2. Game five, they just got tight. It wasn't like some big letdown where they just – they got tight against a really good team with the MVP and another Hall of Fame. I would define that as a letdown. Getting tight and blowing a game five of a series that's ties at two is a letdown. But, like, you're playing an MVP and a Hall of Famer and a – supporting cast full of full of good players i don't think it's like some character flaw that you lose a game five sometimes i i just i don't see it that way and i think the the discussion about the celtics a lot of the time has been that they have this character flaw and last year their character flaw was they were not good enough offensively (laughs) that was it that was their character flaw they turned the bitch over way too fucking much (laughs) that that was it and that character flaw, I don't think it exists anymore. Like I, I, I think they're a much better offensive team. I think their execution is at a higher level. Yes, did they give away that one game against the Hawks when Trey Young came back in the fourth quarter? Yep. That was a bad quarter. Bad, bad quarter. Yes, they should have won game one against Philly. That's two games, uh, really five quarters, out of this whole playoffs where I've been like, you know what? They should have approached that game differently. That's it. And and this this Heat series, to me, is can they continue to execute offensively against an elite game plan by one of the 
greatest coaches who's ever lived and a bunch of extremely hard-nosed competitors who will not give them the game. That's it. Like I, I, I don't see it the same way. Like to me, their character flaw was that they just weren't good enough offensively, and now I think they are, and and we'll we'll see if they can make them make an easier series. We'll see if they can handle things the right way. But I I just I don't I don't agree with the line of thought that they're like they have insane letdowns. I just think they needed to get better offensively. Is that a crazy? I generally. Take? No, no, I generally agree with you. Um, I think they have a better uh, just approach to this series. And like last year, a lot of them not showing up was like meltdowns late. And if anything, uh, the problem has been kind of the the early starts of just their offense not really getting going. But like against the Sixers, I thought they showed in game four, six and then the third quarter of game seven like when they're when they're there they like know how to make the right play especially offensively and can like show up I think the the thing is and this was what makes winning in the playoffs so difficult especially as you advance rounds they're just margin for error uh is so much smaller especially against a a very well coached team in the Miami Heat especially against a team that has two superstars who are um, conditioned enough to play into the fourth quarter and not be absolutely <laughs> offable uh, in the final uh, six and seven games. Like the Heat are not like the 76ers. The Heat are good and have a history of winning and have been in the Eastern Conference Finals just as much uh, uh, as the Celtics have. And so there's just margin for error where it feels like the Celtics got away with being able, like giving away game one and being tight in game five because they were playing the 76ers who really just didn't have it down the stretch. You know, who's going to have it down the stretch is going to be the Miami heat. The Miami heat uh, are going to play their balls off and you're going to have to play 48 minutes as evidenced by game seven of last year, where the Celtics were pretty dominant throughout that game until like the final six minutes and then the Heat comes storming back because unlike the 76ers, the Heat have guys who uh, fundamentally care about winning and are going to bust their ass for the entire game. And so I just think the Celtics, I agree, winning in the playoffs is incredibly hard. It gets harder this round despite the Heat not being, or like them being the eight seed or whatever than that. Just because of Spolstra, because of Jimmy, because of the vaunted Heat culture, there's just the margin for error is that much smaller. And, you know, that's what like makes playoff basketball fun is that it gets harder and harder each round. This is true. All right. Since I've laid out the truth there, um, it seems like we will wrap this up. Normally, we don't make a predictions, but I'm going to I'm going to ask for your official prediction on the record. Heat Celtics. What happens? How many games? Celtics in five. Bold, confident. I like it. Um, that's what I think should happen. If it's just like, but, but that's that's and that's with full respect for the Heat. Like that is not a disrespectful <laughs> Celtics in five. That is going to be a tough series. I last night mostly as a goof 
said that this series is absolutely going seven games. I, I would think that the Celtics should be able to win this in, and I think it will be six games. I still think they will have one. I uh, maybe it's not a, like a fatal flaw or bad uh, performance, or, or they'll have some game where they they should have won it, and then there'll be one Jimmy Butler game. But I just think the this Heat roster compared to last year is just not nearly as deep, not nearly as talented, and so I think the Celtics will win in six games and return to the NBA Finals. Um, that all changes after they probably lose game one. I'm building a game one loss into my prediction, and I think Celtics uh, will win in six. Uh, we will be back with you after game one Wednesday night. Jay and I will be recording a podcast then, and so please tune, in, tune into that. Thank you guys for tuning into this uh, athletic live room. If you want to participate with us um, for the road games, download the athletic app. Uh, and thanks everyone to subscribe to the podcast. And thank you guys for listening to. And I thank you